Hey, it's Doug catching up with Susie Davis, author, speaker, and co-founder of Austin Christian Fellowship. Uh, You may be familiar with other books that she's written, including uh, Parenting Your Teen and Loving It, Unafraid, Trusting God in an Unsafe World, and uh, one I think we need to talk about next, Loving Your Man Without Losing Your Mind. But I don't want to be distracted. We're focused here on Dear Daughters, Love Letters to the Next Generation. Susie, thank you so much for making time to join us. Hi, Doug. I'm so grateful to be talking to you today. Well, I tell you, we'll have to get to this loving your man without losing your mind at some point in the future, but I'm curious about uh, this particular book and I guess the uniqueness of what it offers in terms of journal pages and content. What was the whole genesis behind writing this one? I, with my girls, I have a son and two daughters, and when my girls went off to college, I started writing little online notes to them via Instagram or Facebook, and there was just a lot of interest, and I found there were a lot of younger women who really wanted a mother voice, a mentor kind of voice in their life, and so I actually started a podcast, and then now it's become a book. Wow. Dear Daughters, Love Letters to the Next Generation. So what is it that you think this next generation needs to know? You know what? I think that they need to know that it's going to be okay. (laughs) There's a lot of anxiety in the world, and there's a lot of worry, and I think there are a lot of millennials who who are struggling along, and they miss uh, just someone who's willing to stand up and say, yes, I'm an older person. Yes, I'm glad to listen to your story, ask you curious questions, and talk about deeper things um, like God and life. And so really that's what I found is just there's a lot of women who want someone a little bit older just to walk alongside them and talk about their life. Talk a little bit about the relationship that uh, a lady that might be reading this book might have as it relates to her dad. Maybe she doesn't have the best relationship with her father. Then then how does that affect or how can your wisdom alter her course? Yeah, that's a big one. A lot of the women I talk to either have had um, a dad who's, you know, no dad is perfect, but a dad that's left a family for another family or has let them down in some great way or just completely abandon them, honestly. One of the girls I mentor has that. And so um, we've had a lot of conversations about how sometimes you see God through the lens of your earthly father. And while your earthly father is going to do things that maybe break your heart or just make mistakes, your heavenly father, he's good, he loves you unconditionally, and he's, he's not like necessarily your earthly father. So that's a really important something that young women and actually men, too, um, have had to work through and understanding a wholer picture of who God is. When you talk about the relationship between a mother and a daughter, uh, my daughter is 30, my son is 20. I know that when she was going through the teen years, I kind of felt like that was their thing, that the two of them needed to wrestle over a lot of these things that I, as a guy, didn't fully understand. What what would you say, then, where the relationship is fractured between the mother and the daughter? That's got to be challenging. You know what? That one has really surprised me. There are a lot of women out there with mother wounds, and those are the very women that, honestly, I have a huge, big old heart for. Um, And I want to encourage them, not only through this book and the conversations in this book, but I want to encourage them to find someone in their community that could act as a spiritual mama, someone that could encourage them in their relationship, their primary relationship with their husband or their children, and their relationship with God, because I think... There are just a lot of women who really, really want that kind of female companionship. So that's that's part of the message of the book, too. Mother, father, 
There's a myriad of topics covered in the book. Uh, is, is there another sort of hot topic that we can highlight in our moment? Well, there's a, a chapter title called Unloving Your Body, and I know that mm. no, very few people struggle with this, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is a guy-girl thing, I think. I'm yeah, struggling. I, Goodness. Just a few, the 1% out there that might struggling with body image. I do talk about that because, I mean, I want to say 99.9% of the women I talk to struggle with it. And I have kind of a little story that goes along with my daughter was three years old. She was, I was about to just put her right in the bathtub with a bunch of bubbles. And I looked at her little naked body and I I was like, oh my gosh, she's so adorable. I love her. (laughs) And I felt like God said, you know what? Uh, She looks just like you. And it really was like kind of an like epiphany for me that I loved and had a fierce, like, I don't know, adoration for my daughter and her body, but I didn't feel it that way towards my own. So one of the things I tell girls to do is cut out a picture of your baby picture and put that someplace. Who doesn't love their baby picture? Yeah. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, And remind yourself that you're still that person. I like that. I love that. That's beautiful. In terms of uh, social media, you talked about, uh, you know, making uh, social media posts to your daughter when she moved out and stuff. Um, what what do you feel is the impact on social media on ladies today? That is like, if you have older children and you do, you can remember a time when, like, you went to high school and that was like the the entirety of, of your comparison. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's impacted our lives in ways I don't think we even fully understand. But I do know that, I, I mean, I struggle with not popping on Instagram and and just all of a sudden feeling a little weird and wacky because I'm inadvertently comparing my life to somebody else's highlight reel. Mm. One of the things that, that we talk about a lot when I'm mentoring women is just this need to live a life of wholeheartedness, like right where you are, and recognizing social media for what it is, which now really it's become more and more of a marketing machine. So it's just really important to realize, like, you don't have to be, like, strung out and addicted to social media and always comparing yourself. You can live your one beautiful life right where you are if you'll just focus on where you are with God and the people that are really in your life. Back onto the mother-daughter relationship, we have uh, opportunities that come up here in town for events that are meant to bring mothers and daughters together through a church function or through a through a social media function. What would you say to a mom right now who's got the daughter under their roof but doesn't feel like they're able to communicate, like my daughter doesn't listen or doesn't trust or won't hear me? Yeah, that's a big one, and I think it's real normal in the teen years. I know it certainly was with my teenagers. They They didn't always listen to me. <laughs> and that's why I always think it's important to have other women in your daughter's life. I know that when I was growing up, some of my mom's friends were spiritual mamas to me, and my mother is an angel saint. I, she is like the best mother ever. But I needed those other women, and that continues on into their 20s, 30s. I'm 55. I need someone older other than my mother to provide the kind of wholeness spiritually, relationally. We need those other women, and that's like I said, it's really the message of the book. It's meant to be, this is meant to be something someone can read by themselves, but then also to take it and read it with someone older, or if you're older, to read it with someone younger and have these, have these, um, these, these, you know, talk about the topics, ask the questions. There's a ton of questions. I would encourage a mother to read this book with her daughter, and she might be rolling her eyes, but she's probably listening at the same time. Mm, mm. 
Well, and talk about the journal pages to that extent. You want this to be interactive, right? Right, I do. I, I tell you what, I had the nicest compliment uh, on social media recently. Someone said they were reading my book, and then they they had a dream that night that I gave them a big old hug. And I thought, <laughs> oh, my gosh, like that's like exactly the feeling I want you to have when you're reading this book. I want you to feel like it's me and you and these, these pages and these questions are meant to cause you to reflect on your own life and see, you know, what God is doing right there in real for you. Talk a little bit about uh, your own journey when you get to that uh, empty nest uh, opportunity, right? Uh, that, or at least when, that, when they leave the nest. So how, how was it for you uh, when your daughter left the nest? It was so painful, Doug. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> it's, the, it's the very thing we prayed for, that our people would find their special someone, and then they found their special someone, and I, it was this mix of, like, eu- euphoric joy and deep grief, and I had no idea that I would be faced with it. And, you know, I'm looking out at some Texas wildflowers in my front yard, and I know that in order for the next, you know, crop of those new wildflowers to come up, the current ones have to die. And yet in my own life, that's been a really painful process and something I've had to work through actually with my mentor and understanding that it's okay for the, for the joy and the grief to live side by side. It's kind of like a sun shower. If uh, there was one takeaway... Uh, that you would hope uh, that a reader would have from the book, what would that be? I wish I literally could hug <laughs> that you right now. I wish I could hug you and tell you that you don't have to walk through life alone. If you have a mother wound, if you don't have a spiritual somebody in your life, a woman that can ask you questions, I want to say that let this book be a first a first step. And then I would encourage you and ask you to pray to find someone in your community that can sit across from you at Starbucks and talk about your life. You do not need to do this alone, and God didn't mean for you to have to do it alone. Well, definitely, uh, this is a book, Susie, that uh, guys need to embrace too, but I know we would be super slow probably to try to even admit that we needed a mentor and then try to go out and find one. How how do you advise women to even begin that task? That's got to be daunting to try to seek out someone to mentor you. Yeah, and that can be daunting, but I just say it can start with just, first of all, don't walk up to someone you really respect or reach out online or email someone and say, be my mentor, because that's so intimidating. But what you can do is look around your world and see that one person that you respect, how they've raised their kids or how they've lived out their marriage, and just ask them to coffee and just ask them questions. And that's a first step in finding a mentor, just Take somebody to coffee or lunch or walk around the neighborhood and talk and just, you know, make that first step and, and be brave and ask someone to spend some time with you. Mm, love that. Susie, thank you for your time. Again, the book, Dear Daughters, Love Letters to the Next Generation, author Susie Davis. And you can find out all you need at her website, org.